Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am a sign right before the bridge that says the bridge freezes before the road. Trey Plutnicki. You absolute bastard. Were you going to do that? You were going to do I was going to do slippery when wet, but yes. Uh, hey, well, that's different. And I am... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so crazy to me. So when we do our intros, we usually they're a little related to the movie. I think like we just we both use the movie as like a sort of jumping off point and we either go super movie specific or we do yeah. like a little avant-garde twist. Yes. That me, what I just did was a kind of an avant-garde twist. But what's interesting is we have done this for what what have we we done this intro We're like at, 70 I, times? More than 70 times, yeah. Well, we did we only start doing that at like episode four? No, I think we've been doing that the whole time. Th this is one of the ones I that think have that's been a day going one the whole thing. time. Yeah. No, I thought Jingling and Jolly was day one. It might be, but if even if not, it's only been it's only been a couple of episodes right. without that. Um, and wow, we've and we have arrived at one that is so that we've, you are, so we've you matched are, up a couple of times, I think, but um, but never this badly. Um, <laughs> I am Santa's personal assistant, Daniel Kunkel. <laughs> <laughs> that was way worse. Sure. <laughs> that was way worse than that what we... That was fine. That was fine. Um, and we got my favorite movie of 2015. The Bridge, The Bridge, The Bridge, The Bridge. Karen Kingsbury's The Bridge Part 1. Um, when this movie was marketed, this movie yeah. was marketed as uh, Karen, Karen Kingsbury's The Bridge. Uh, yep. Just like world, just like how World War One was called the Great War, <laughs> this movie did not advertise that there was going to be a second. And on IMDb, it's listed as the bridge. Would you like me to read a review, Daniel? Yes. After that lovely intro. After you've <laughs> equated this to World War One, do it. <laughs> One out of ten stars. A bridge totally too far. This movie was a profound disappointment. First, let's not call it a movie. It's really a series. But one doesn't f find this out until the final frame to be continued. Christmas 2016. For me, it's OK. So there are a ton of reviews. Most of these reviews are people that are pissed uh, at that. This is there's going to be a sequel. And it's not that there is going to be a sequel. It's that they don't understand like they don't quite understand that how sequels work. This guy's upset that he's like, like, I was really enjoying this movie. And then all of a sudden I'm going to get a second one. That's crap. There's more. Yeah. Because we'll get to it in the plot. I feel like they wrap it up very nicely. Right. The, part two is only like, here's a little bit of extra. This person said I was going to give this an eight out of ten, but they didn't tell me there was a part two. So I gave it a one. Whoa. Right. After resisting throwing something at the TV, I just shouted. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What's bad about that? One might ask. Seeing series slash episode two requires one to have some continuity from season one, something which is possible only if one can remember details from such a horrid production, completely forgettable and worse, completely dishonest. Not only were we tricked when a conclusion is stolen, unresolved, empty, postponed, but we oh have to God. suffer through s such preachy dialogue. Stupidly, I watched and waited for something worthy to happen. Maybe after this commercial, I told myself. The synopsis was misleading, too. I reread the synopsis a dozen times, thinking someone was asleep at the keyboard, confusing it with another movie. Where's the rescue? The bookstore isn't failing. It's thriving. Go figure. 
Where's the hometown? Sadly, nothing will save this mess. Wait, they were going to get of it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. There's until a, there, they learned there was a sequel. My favorite drama of these reviews is when they're like, I watched that scene over and over trying to find what was going on, but to no avail. And it's like, what you could have done is, I don't know, just vibe like Daniel and I do, you know? Just feel just the vibe. movie. Yeah, just, just vibe. Yeah. Just vibe. Just uh, come on. Vibe. So how does that person survive watching movies ever? Where th- did I, they watch like the did they watch like right. Spider-Man one and were like pretty good. Good stuff. And then when the Spider-Man two trailer came out, they're like, are, <laughs> are you kidding me? Daniel, what's a movie you think is like, oh, this movie was fun, but like it probably isn't anybody's favorite movie. Um, the the Guardians of Gahul, the Owls movie. Guardians. Can you spell that? <laughs> no, I cannot. Guardians of G-H-O. G-A-H-O-L-L-E, maybe. Nope, that's wrong. Guardian. I've no, no, oh, I was I right. It. G-A apostrophe. Legends of yeah. the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Yeah, baby. Is that it? Yeah. I've never heard of this movie in my life. Oh, no, I have. This I is have based it. off a book series and directed by yeah. Zack Snyder. It's the one good Zack Snyder movie. Owl movie. Um, Let me go to user reviews. I bet I can find like somebody doing the exact same thing on one of these movies. Um, This one says could have been more. How do you, can you sort by worst rated? Hold on. <laughs> sort by these people, like people on IMDb just writing essays. Uh, Okay. One out of 10. This is for, so just to review, this is Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, 2010 Zack Snyder movie. This is a movie that's pretty good, right? You would say this movie's pretty good, Daniel? I would, I, I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out in like 2013, I think. But what I remember about it, I thought it was pretty good. The animation's beautiful. It's a beautiful looking movie. Well, guess what Bob Flan says? <laughs> One out of 10. What a horrible mess. I walked out. Who was this movie intended for? Adults? <laughs> really? Really? Adults want no, to sit through an animated not. owl movie? It was certainly not for children. It was dark, mean, included <laughs> slavery. Brother against brother, beatings, killings, and more. My kids were bored. We couldn't tell the owls apart, and I didn't understand what in the world they were talking about. I like a good what? drama, but with owls? Marketed as another happy feed. Who is this intended for? Also, it didn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I must have missed the assignment reading before i watched this mess this was pure torture yep 3d torture i hated shopping but we decided that shopping was better than this mess what a waste that's a really okay i i, I, I can't I didn't imagine know. going man it had such <laughs> it had such aggressive themes slavery violence brother versus brother we were bored out of our minds yeah. watching me, this flick my kids were bored at all of the horrific violence it's like oh my god Crazy. oh my god so so people, like I, I think people, people hate use everything. the imdb thing for therapy instead of like yeah. going to talk to someone they're just like i'm gonna get all my thoughts out of this movie instead of just <laughs> Tell you what, you got two options when you're watching a movie. Just watch the movie and just kind of see where it goes or turn it off. Turn it off. One thing that I hate about streaming is that you can just turn it off. You know, you can that's, just go. That's, one, that's one of the things that I dislike about streaming where I'm like, if I'm bored, I can just turn it off uh, as a creative. But as a as a viewer, oh, man, if I'm having a terrible time, bye. 
But like, I, I do like the the kind of ball and chain that the movie theater gives you, or it's like if you walk out, you're kind of making a statement. I think it makes I don't know. I think it makes the enjoyment of art than a, a chore because I'm with you. I like I think if you are creative, I think you can get something out of even the worst movies. You can learn a lot. I think we've learned a lot in this project. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've learned so much about how movies are made and like how you can tell. Like, <laughs> you can tell. You can, I used you to think you sometimes. couldn't see the budget unless it was like a 20 million dollar, like millions of dollars versus like a couple thousand. Now, uh, uh-uh. I can tell that this was made for more money. The one the bridge here. Yeah, this looks good. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the bridge. You liked this. We all it it has to be said we would not be doing this project if we had to watch the original releases with the trailers. Absolutely not. <laughs> you you like this movie. Um honestly, we've been building it up for weeks of my life now. Yeah, like I've felt I can't the imagine. Of I Karen can't remember this much anticipation for a movie in a in a long time, and so it's. I think it's quite charming. Okay, you know. Okay, so here's here's uh, something that I would like to note. Wyatt Nash, yeah. who is our yeah. uh, main guy, he plays Ryan Kelly. He <laughs> was on Survivor season twenty two. I love Survivor. Do you know this about me? I do know this about you. Yeah, I adore Survivor. He was on season twenty two. What the thing that he did that made it that puts like a, a kind of a mark on the Survivor map is at one point they added this thing called Redemption Island, where if you normally if you're voted out, you're donezo, you're dungeon rings, mm-hmm. you're gone from the game. But this season, if you're voted out, you go to a place called, thank you, you go to a place called Redemption Island. And when you go to Redemption Island, you have a chance to like duel yourself and uh, or uh, duel somebody else and battle your way back into the game. Jeff has cloned you and you have to defeat yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you won, you stayed in the game for a chance to rejoin the actual game. So it was like kind of like a mini game within the game. Okay. He what was special about him? He went by Matt back then. He changed his name to be an actor, and then uh, he he got voted out third. Then he battled his way back into the game for I think four rounds. So he won four challenges in a row, and then the moment he got back into the game, he was instantly voted out again. Holy shit! Yeah. It was kind of metal. It was kind of like super god godfathery what this guy did. He was he because he went up to him and he was like, hey, man, you and I are going to stick together. I'm going to take care of you. And then and then he went to a confessional. And this guy was like, yeah, I'm going to vote him out. I voted him out before. Do You think I'm going to keep someone in the game? I already voted out. He's not going to trust me. And then he voted him out again. And he totally bought it like it like why why it totally bought it. So uh, but he went by Matt back then. But this that's why a stone Nash. cold killer that we're dealing yeah, with. Killer. Wyatt. Killer. But that said, I think he and uh, Katie Finlay are our two romantic leads, although we've kind of got a couple of romantic leads going on, but they are certainly the main ones. Uh, they are Molly and Ryan. 
I get them. Like, I like it. It makes sense to me. I think their relationship has a strong build to it. And I like the setting. I think the setting is really cute and charming. And we talked about this right before we started recording. But I like that only the last 20 minutes of this were about Christmas. Yeah, uh, I was watching this with uh, Cecilia. And she was like... Where's the Christmas? I thought this was a Christmas movie. And then I go, sometimes it's a Christmas movie because there's a Christmas tree at the end. And she (laughs) went, oh, okay. And that's true of this movie. And I think we need a few more of those in the world. Yes. Because this. Yes. This felt Christmassy. Yeah. And I think it's because it just had the same story that every other of our Christmas movies had. Except it was just. It was just, it was school time in Tennessee, you know? I I, th- I think, yeah, I think the world building was like a little bit more involved and a little bit more interesting. You could tell this was based on something else. This was based on yeah. the book by Carrie And Kingsbury. I think you feel that with uh, Debbie Macomb Bear's uh, Absolutely. stuff as well. The worlds just um, feel fuller, even though you don't meet a ton of characters and we don't, we spend the same amount of time here. We spend less time than we have with our Hallmark Hall of Famers. Yeah. But it's still just, it feels realer in a way. It feels more authentic in a way that I think can only come from being based on 250 to 400 word books. <laughs> 250 to 400 word books? That's like a pamphlet. That's a book length. What are you talking about? 250 words? No, pages. Oh, you said. Okay. Oh, did I say words? No, 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 sorry. <laughs> you didn't say words. I meant. Patience. I was like, I was like, you were. I wrote. I wrote self evaluations that were that length in college. <laughs> no, sorry, two hundred fifty words or pages. Jesus, God, word pages, <laughs> pages, pages. Uh, we've also got Ted McGinley as Charlie and Faith Ford as Donna. They are the owners and proprietors of the Bridge, which is a bookstore in rural Tennessee. And let's talk about let's talk about the bridge. There is an opening to this movie. Holy shit. Yeah. So there's there is a up like intro. You've seen up, right? Oh, yeah. Um, at the beginning of up the animated Pixar movie, there is this beautiful sequence about uh, death, uh, about life, death and loss of life. Mm-hmm. Um and this movie had nearly the shot for shot recreation <laughs> instead of the house in up it is the bridge which is a bookstore that they create together and also the wife doesn't die she stays alive but she does lose a child in this opening um so almost everything is like the same and you can Uh, feel the the synergy between the previous movie in the hcu and this one because it's like right off the bat charlie and donna meet and immediately they go get in a carriage for a little horse-drawn carriage action yeah, they knew what they were doing. They were telling us in the future, hey, check it out. Hey, B- BT dubs, this is what's coming next. It's a <laughs> Kevin Feige meeting. They buy this house for the bridge. That thing can't be zoned for business, right? Okay, Cecilia said the exact same thing. And also, Thank you. I can think of if they're if they're living in that house. So here are the pluses and minuses. If I would I would probably want to live in a house that had a bookstore on the first floor. I love that. Here are the pros. People entering the store are going to be quiet. Yeah. Here are the cons. Uh, your house will catch on fire. Like it's <laughs> not a ma- it's a matter of time. It's not a matter of because there's a kitchen. It is there's a like a full, when... there's like a bakery and, and a coffee shop in the bridge eventually. Yeah. Like it becomes a full operation in there 
Right. You're firing up a kitchen. You're making coffee. There's hot stuff at one side. There's books. There's Tinder. There's a there's a fireplace there's among a fire the books. Like, place. are you kidding me? There's a fire fire. Like, definitely, probably. I don't know. The pros are good, but the cons are pretty bad. If that fire when sorry, when that fire happens, your your <laughs> business and your home are gone. Yeah. So not only do you not have a home it's, when this fire is going to happen, which is like, spoiler alert, the plot of the second movie. Wait, wait, are you kidding? Oh, yeah. That's I, a huge spoiler, man. I didn't even know. Spoiler. It's the it's in the IMDb description. The first sentence on IMDb, <laughs> a storm has demolished the bridge bookstore. And it's like, okay, IMDb. Come on. I don't even know. Well, maybe it's water damage. Maybe it's the antithesis it's water of damage. maybe fire and water meet. <laughs> Um, so, so um, it's, it's cool, but it's also like, Whoa, that's a big risk, my man. But sorry, you were talking about Molly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so bridge gets, uh, brought up. It, it's like a memorial for, uh, it's supposed to represent like this, a bridge to a new life or something like that. But anyway, second, second storyline, Molly, Molly is the daughter of our premier business boy. I, which who I think is the head business boy of the ACU. <laughs> like if we're this if we're thinking <laughs> if we're thinking like uh, if we're thinking like the main players like our big players in the HCU are like Santa, Mark Zuckerberg, and Father Christmas. Yeah. Then I would say this guy is like I would say he's like he's like Gerald F. Businessman is his full name so are you say so like Allah santa's to father christmas this guy is the same but to zuckerberg's father christmas his inverted um, father christmas no i would say he is the same like li like he is like the same to like department stores and stuff okay. he, he is like in, in that way in that sense Mo molly's dad is besides the business boy who canonically is on the naughty list the most i don't know how because molly's dad is creepy and messed up and mean and he's, he's a just, little mean he's a bully and at first you meet him and when you first meet him in his initial scene with molly he's just kind of an overprotective dad and we learn that's because her mom died when she was like eight yeah so it's only been them for most of her life so we I also learn like, he has like he has like an, an ungodly amount of money oh yeah he's filthy rich and you meet um, him. And then when you learn that bit of backstory, I was like, OK, I get it. Like, it's a bit it's it's a lot. It's too much. Yeah. And it's not cool to Molly. But I'm like, OK, at least I get it. But then he does some stuff later on in the movie that we'll talk about that. are That is just not. But you get. Yeah. But he's almost instantly in with the arranged marriage stuff with Molly. And yeah. it's like, oh, uh, so anyway, he Molly switches is our halfway through the movie to being like a full piece of shit. Whereas in the beginning, yes. he's just like a little bumbly. And he's like, you sure you don't want to cancel your school and go to school here in Seattle? Molly, when we met Molly in this film, I was like, nice. I love Molly. Are. She's awesome. I love her. She's great. Great actress. She uh, she does a really good job. She adds a lot of flavor into this movie. Uh, Molly is going to college. Molly is going to not live in the dorms, but live in her own private house with a housekeeper and a groundskeeper, which is great. Uh, good for her. Wish I was her. That would be fun. <laughs> Uh, then she signs up for classes and she walks in the middle of the street, almost gets hit by a car. And uh, thankfully, 
uh, our good friend Ryan, Wyatt Nash, is there to save her. Yep. Uh, gives some good advice. Wyatt Nash gives the best eyebrow acting I've ever seen. Oh, my God. And then yeah. he, his eyebrows are doing a dance the entire movie. Yeah. It's wild. Um, and uh he's like yeah i'll see you around man or, or he doesn't sound like that he's got the guitar <laughs> on his shoulder yeah it's Not, this isn't even day one this is like registration day and even though this movie takes place not in 2015. This place takes place in 2009. It's a period piece. So it's a period piece. I'm pretty sure even at that point, we were doing registrations on computers, though. Oh, yeah. We weren't and walking it, up to tables on the quad <laughs> and signing up for pre-calc. It's, it's paper registration day. They, uh, they run into each other a bunch. They sign up for 19th century lit, right? It's very, I think it's a very cute scene. And it's also, it's the reason why movie writers keep having college sign-up scenes happen on grounds is so you can have these interactions because usually if you haven't been in college in a while usually the way signing up for college classes go you wake up at 7 a.m in your dorm (laughs) roll over grab your laptop roll back the other way and just kind of like uh one pr one oh eight one seven so it's already filled up damn it you okay. click refresh like 20 times. Like, come on. <laughs> but in this one, on. there's some cute like back and forth where Ryan signs up for, of course, my man, the musician of the century signs up for music history. And so does music Mo- appreciation. Music appreciation, excuse me. And Molly's like signing up for it, like two tables down and they make eye contact. And she's like stepping out of my comfort zone. And then they sign up for uh, 19th century lit, like you said. And it's the same thing where Ryan's like stepping out of my comfort zone. Stepping out of my comfort zone. It's cute. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't happen that way scene. anymore. But it's it's a cute little scene. I think. Yeah. Now uh, Molly's dad's one rule is no boys and no parties no boys. and no sororities and no, no booze. Yes. No booze. Uh, Ryan shows her the bridge. Yep. And is like, this is my this is my hangout. This is where I hang it's out. It's kind of like my sanctuary. It's kind of my sanctuary. Uh, you want to study? <laughs> and they go up to the study room. And, they. Uh, they dive into 19th century lit they yeah, are immediately they re- reading jane Eyre and like immersed. let's do it class hasn't started yet but let's do it, it there's a nice scene where they're studying and ryan's like why are all these books so long and he doesn't also he does not talk like this. he doesn't no but it, i think it gets the point across yeah. better ryan's like why are all these books like 900 pages long and i this is one of those instances where it's like i learned something because uh she goes well the pay they're so long because they were released like episodically mm-hmm. And then when the story was over, they were compiled into a uh, edition that the publisher puts together. And that's why they're so long because yes. people were reading like 30 pages a week. And Ryan's like, wow, I, I wish you could see. I wish <laughs> I wish you could see what the crazy thing my mouth just did when I said, wow. Trey's wow. mouth looked like he was trying to speak an ancient fish person language. <laughs> Wow, I I, I hate it. I hate that you found a new character that. that you can do. I don't like this. I didn't like know this. that, Molly. Wow, crazy. This uh, so, movie okay. also, several mentions of Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre is a very big part yes. of this movie. I think Karen Kingsbury just wanted to do Jane Eyre because it's yeah. like thematically pretty similar to Jane Eyre. I like it when low budget art 
kind of does that. Because uh, mm-hmm. let's be honest, Hallmark is low budget. Hallmark yes. is a very is it's not low budget in terms of its scale. Like if you're doing if you're doing twenty two million dollars a movie a year, you're not a low budget company. No, but um, every movie is a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. And when you're writing a low budget movie, you keep it simple. You go to material that works. You go to material that you know is going to work. Yeah. And I really prefer that's like those sorts of things. Like when I like, for instance, there was a there was an off Broadway musical that was uh, that was Macbeth, except it takes place at a Scottish McDonald's. That's awesome. Have you heard about this? No, I've not heard of this. Here, uh, let me tell you what it. Let me tell you what it's That's called. That's awesome. It's called Scotland, PA. It's in. It's not in Scotland. It's in a place in Pennsylvania called Scotland. Of course, it is. It was a movie. I yeah. I'm like, this is sounding more and more familiar. The more things you add on. Yeah. So they did an off Broadway play that was that was that and. I, personally it's like if you have the story just set it somewhere else and it's that's it's insta exciting just mix and, it up a bit yeah and people know and people know i like it so good for her what is the conflict what would you say i guess the conflict of the story is molly's father because so things are going really well why is like why are you being so cryptic why ryan ryan is like why are you being so cryptic all the time why do i have to drop you off two miles from your house and um classic uh, molly twilight is, moment yeah molly's like listen it's my dad my dad got me this house and he wants me to keep my location secret and then that's pretty much how uh ryan finds out that she's filthy rich and this is the shit that rich people get away with that poor people don't what Poor people are made fun of for being preppers like this. And yet when rich people are like, I don't want anyone to know your location. You got to go to the you got to go to the compound and call me once a day when they do it. It's just like usual weird. Yeah. But when when poor people do it, it's like a whole TV show called Doomsday Preppers that Daniel loves. (laughs) What what channel is that show on? Doomsday Preppers is uh, Discovery. I think. What are you doing watching the Discovery Channel in 2022? It was on net. It, they had the, they had one season on Netflix for a while. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. We Annika and I binged that during COVID. <laughs> that was like one of our quintessential Dude, COVID films. That's probably that's like I feel like that's a comfort show in the age of COVID. Oh, oh, especially like early COVID when we were all like, we're gonna we're gonna die tomorrow. Yeah, it was very comforting when these guys would roll up and be like. What's up? My name's Zyler. I believe that the atmosphere is going to catch on fire one day. And you're like, okay, well, obviously, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but then every once in a while, one of them is like, I believe there will be some sort of biological attack or there will be some sort of super virus that will kill everybody. And you're like, you got close, man. You Too got real close, close to the real world. Um, yeah. yeah, I would say Molly's dad is the conflict. Also, Ryan is bad at communicating. Uh, Ryan's got a girlfriend named Kristen. Well, does he? Yeah. They're on a break, but yeah. Yeah, they kind of are like, yeah, so they go. Ryan Ryan's and Molly go on these cute dates. They're like having coffee all the time. They're dates, I would say. But Ryan's got a girlfriend. And then Ryan's girlfriend, Kristen, shows up and she goes to college two hours away. And Ryan grew up here. He's kind of a hometown hero to me, at least. And he so Kristen goes away like two hours away. And when she left, they were like childhood sweethearts. They've been dating since they were 11. 
And when they went away, they were like, let's take a little break and see if this is something that we actually want. Or is this just because it's routine? I love that phrasing. I love that agreement. That's a very mature decision. Kristen shows up and is like, I came back to do some laundry, teehee. And then Ryan's like, all right, cool. Anyway. And Kristen's like, I didn't come back to do laundry, you idiot. I came back to see you because I like I love you. And Ryan's like, oh, that's crazy. I invited my study buddy over for Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) And so Uh, Molly shows up for Thanksgiving at Ryan's. Some other shit happens. It's not important. Molly shows up at Thanksgiving at Ryan's and Kristen answers the door. And Kristen is treated like the bad guy. She's not the bad guy. Yeah, what I don't know what Ryan thought was going to happen. Thank also, you. yes, Ryan, Ryan and Kristen, forgive me. They looked like brother and sister a little bit. Yeah. When I when she first came on screen and then <laughs> still forgive me. That did not rule out the fact that they were dating. Nope. I got major <laughs> Fulcher's commercial vibes from them. Yeah, I was like. It could have gone either way, dependent on a know, single man. line. Like, <laughs> One line of dialogue in this movie is completely different. And then Molly gets a little upset at that, which is understandably. Things yeah. are looking good for Molly's dad because he has Gerald H. Businessman uh, is maybe is going to marry uh Prest- Molly Preston Millington the third who is yeah. who was Molly's first just... kiss <laughs> right and also is like totally sucking up to her dad so that he can get a guaranteed job at the company and guaranteed wife yes and a guaranteed wife in Molly um yes. and so she like comes home for break and her dad is immediately like what's up I got you an office every break your ass is in that chair making deals yeah he's like let's go shopping and she's like hell yeah black friday let's do it and he's like to the office supply store and she's like oh that's i'm a freshman in college like no thank you yeah how boring what a boring way to spend break and then also something it's clear that something's up with molly right it's pretty it's pretty clear that something's up with Molly and her dad knows it. Oh, her dad yeah. goes through her phone. Her dad. Yeah. Is this the time to list all of the dad's numerous violations of his child's privacy? Go for it. Number one, like you said, reading his daughter's text messages. Not cool. Yeah. Number two, he sets it up so that Preston calls Molly from the office phone. From his office phone. So she answers because she's avoiding Preston because his name is Preston Millington Third. So she's like, oh, hey, dad. And Preston's like, it is I, Preston. I feel like Preston needed a voice because if we're going to give yeah, everybody no, else Pre- a that, OK, so uh, let's let's say this. Preston doesn't sound like that, but he does. He does know? sound like that. But he does sound Preston, like that. The actor is good. I like the actor a lot. He yeah. does a very good job at this. Um, but he's like, it's me, Preston. And she's like, oh, hey, Preston. And Preston's like, can't wait to be in the office with you and get married, <laughs> wink. Can't wait to hold hands while, <laughs> while closing deals, Molly. And, and Molly, <laughs> Molly, very platonically says, Preston, like, we grew up together. Like, I love you. Of course I do. She says platonically. it just like I did. Yeah, like, I love you. I love you and, and I'll see you at the holidays and we can we can be together then. She just means hang out, but she's like yeah. me and language escapes her sometimes. So she just says, we'll, we'll be together then. 
And I hear you. You're like, that conversation is fine. Like in context, it makes sense. You're right. It does. So Wade, Molly's freaking dad, decides to somehow record that conversation. He calls Ryan right after Ryan and Molly have a smooch and are like, we're going to be in a relationship because Ryan's like, what up? I broke up with Kristen. You and me all the way, baby. And it's really cute. He writes her a song. She's really into it. It's a bit. It's a big smooch, too. It's not one of those tame Hallmark no, smooches. It's, it's, a, it's big. It's it's like rent is due smooch. It's a good smooch. These two together yeah. might be like top three couples in the yeah, HCU. Good couple. Great good couple. couple. Wade. Wade calls Ryan. Ryan answers. He's like, oh, hey, Molly, what's up? Like, you just you just left my house. What's up? And Wade's like, hey, it's me. I'm apparently able to just change my caller ID. Hey, <laughs> stay the fuck away from my daughter. And Wade yeah. Ryan's like, hey, man, like, I don't mean any disrespect. Like, we're just having a good time. And Wade's like, well, she doesn't love you. Here's this voice call that I recorded on my phone. And he plays it back. And of course, out of context, if you hear someone say, I love you, we'll be together when I'm home. That looks bad. Right. So Ryan throws a little hissy fit right is right after he and Molly have agreed to, like, get together. And it that's like the worst thing I've ever seen a dad do in a movie. I think that's, that's tough. Crazy. That's crazy. And he gets no, come I, I need to watch the second part. Cause I need him to get his comeuppance. Yeah. Maybe his house burns down. Ooh, maybe Molly burns Ooh. his house down. Oh, arson. But we've skipped over a major plot line here. Or the movie wants you to think it's a major plot line, which is Charlie and Donna, the owners of the bridge, the whole movie. They're just like being great parents to like the whole community they know everybody's yeah. schedules they know everybody's career paths they're they're hooking people up left and right they're giving people jobs in the bridge they're in the bridge it's, they are building yeah. connections they are giving book recommendations they're making people come to thanksgiving they're great they're just like they're good friends they're good friends with their landlord their landlord comes in and is just like What's up, guys? You want a couple cupcakes? Which I thought was going to be like the plot was that the landlord yeah. was going to be like, because he comes in and the landlord looks stoic. And you're like, he fuck, looks he's going to raise the like, rent and they're not going to be able to afford the bridge anymore. <laughs> but no, nope. the landlord's like, hey, I'm here. And the people are like, hey, you want a cupcake? And the, and he's like, yeah, sure. And then his kids are like, go on, Timmy, Jimmy and Primmy, go get your <laughs> cupcake. <laughs> He's got three children. They invite their landlord to Thanksgiving dinner with them. What a great couple. <laughs> yes, I so the big plot line is Donna is worried because she's reading about this Amazon and how the kids are all buying their books on the Kindles and they don't go to bookstores anymore. The ebooks, man. And Charlie's idea is to go to Jesus and he goes to church and prays about it. Donna's decision is to like read a book on marketing and realize, hey, what we need to do is actually show people a good reason to come to our store, which is the community aspect, which I thought yes. was obvious at the beginning of the movie when we panned through and saw everybody enjoying the community in the bookshop. But they throw this so, big party. <laughs> their plan, in short, is if we're going <laughs> to... If we're going to save this bookstore from ebooks, we got to put on the best talent show this town's ever seen. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense in the movie, but Trey's summary is not inaccurate. <laughs> They're like, we're going to have events after events. We're going to have local authors read some of their books. We're going to have musicians, Ryan, 
yeah. get on it. Write me a song. And Ryan's like, shot dog. I don't. Oh man, I, I don't know. I know a bunch of musicians, but I didn't know if uh, I. Don't, I don't know if I'm one of them. Was Ryan? As was guitar, Ryan in on this offer? Yeah, cur- currently tuning guitar. He's at while. <laughs> the guitar is like, already. Yeah, guitar. It's like he's like tuning that. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I have any material that I'm working on. He's he's looking at the, the drummer string. that's materialized. He's like, D flap, but keep it flappy, you know. Keep yeah, it swinging. Let's go. <laughs> One, two. Ryan, um, Ryan, I think really oversteps some steps in a relationship and starts singing to Molly at this open mic night about oh, yeah, telling well, his grandkids about how they met. So that was really weird. It was really weird. When, when he was song. talking about, yeah, part of me, there's some things talking about someone that you're really just dating. Like you've kissed, you've gone on a couple dates. Like you, I don't think they've kissed at that point even. Did they not kiss I at that point? I don't believe so. so they've just so like imagine, they're clearly into each other. Yeah, you're like hanging out. You've gone on a few dates. Uh, you <laughs> look this person dead in the eye and said, not only are we going to have kids, our kids are going to have kids. <laughs> it, that's that is a little. Yeah, that's encroaching. That's a little encroaching. Molly's one character flaw is she gets way, which is weird because she's from Seattle. Which, like, not as big of a music scene as, like, towns outside of Nashville, but right. still a big arts uh, a, and music no, yeah. scene. Big arts place. She acts like she's never met a musician in her life. Every time Ryan's like, mm, I got this song. She's like, play it. Play it now. Do it. Do it. I'm only. You wrote a song for me. You know, we're only uh, slightly is, exaggerating. too. She literally there, is like, play it right now. There's some people who really like it when, like, you write a song for them. If somebody said, I wrote a song for you, can I sing it to you? I, there's, there's no hole too small no. that I won't fit in. No, you're like, oh, okay. It's tough. Like it's, it, that's tough. And it's like record, put it, Hey, record it, put it on YouTube. I'll watch it on my own time. <laughs> you know, don't do not make me yeah. sit. Don't tie me down and watch you do this thing. <laughs> Sitting and listening to like people like if you if you have friends who are musicians and they're like, I made this song. Can I can I play it for you before it drops? You're like, sure. Yeah. Before it drops, which Bef- assumes like they recorded it and like it's mixed and everything. And they're just mixed, like, hey, like, check this out. Or even if it's I've like a demo and it. they're like, check it out. I've, I like recorded this demo last night. You're like, right. oh, that's a lot of pressure on me. Yeah, that's a lot. Because I'm going right to impact now. whether or not this song gets released. It, so but ryan gets like signed from this uh next day somebody yes. shows up and is like what up i represent um blake shelton he saw your show last I night was, yeah at the bridge he's backup guitarist just dropped out you in and ryan's like oh, i gotta think about this whoa it's heavy and that's when that's when wade molly's dad calls and is like hey here's my daughter's private conversation that i recorded with my literal like digital recorder that he holds up to the to the phone which like 2009 technology that's gonna come through like yeah off of your envy off of your <laughs> samsung envy um so the so, so break uh, up. yeah ryan gets this news and the next time that they meet is um when he's taking her to the airport like he promised and she's like dog you're acting weird because he is and and he's like yeah i don't know man i uh got some news and uh i don't know uh 
eat shit, do weed, and then he goes. That's that's what he. <laughs> she gives him. You know, she gives him a package. She gives him a Christmas present. Okay. She gives him a Christmas present. She gives him a Christmas present. It's Jane Eyre. Of course it is. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, okay. It's not terribly important. It's not like it inspires no. his emotional. They also the worst part of Wade recording this conversation. It never comes out in the movie. Meaning like it's never revealed. To Molly or Ryan that it was oh, like yeah. like there was a big misunderstanding. Right. Like they don't talk about it. They do not address because at, at this point, the point Trey's just talked about, that's the last time they see each other in person in the movie. Yeah. And then the movie ends. There's like this there's this stinger with the with the bridge bookshop that is not really like an unhappy stinger. It just is, you know, yeah. Um, there's my but that is the, it's that's just the end yeah it's my well, no, not quite it's my favorite trope in romance one of my favorite tropes in romantic movies where the two people who are destined to be together because i've watched the movie and i earned this are sitting in their respective homes there's often an acoustic song playing and they both look at their phones and they think about calling the other person if you're really lucky sometimes the phone background is the other person or like a photo of them smiling together first day we don't get lucky with this one but they look at their phones and they both call each other at the same time. And since it's 2009, the phone's just, <laughs> it's just not connected. It just goes to busy. <laughs> and right? so they're both like, ah, oh, shit. And, and Ryan's like, I don't know what to do with my music. And he throws on his phone. <laughs> and then Ryan like calls her and they actually get to connect because she isn't an idiot and calling him at the same time. And they're like, hey, what's up? We should be together. And Molly's like, oh, okay. And that's it. I'm down for a part two. You're down for part two. Um, would you watch part? Cecilia is standing right here. Oh, would you watch part two? Uh, Cecilia shook her head no that she would not watch. Part oh two. man! Listen, as much as I loved Karen one, uh, Karen two. Listen, I don't think I, we're I getting Karen two because I'm looking at the release date for uh, for the bridge two, and it says March. Well, Karen two, not this year. I don't think we're getting it even next year. I don't think it's part of the countdown to Christmas. It's not part of the countdown to Christmas. We might need to watch are this we, out of. Are we going to have to watch I think Karen 2? We're going to have to watch it. Maybe. Okay, we'll watch it. We'll watch Karen 2. I'll, as a double, bonus. I'll double check the records while you do any touch ups yeah. you want to do. But um, the only connection I would like to talk about is how uh, Molly's dad is the is big business boy. And maybe the owner, the father who is the owner or the not the father, the guy that is the owner of the bridge is an alien yeah the dad who owns the bridge is weird and that's not because he he's written poorly but he's written yeah. so poorly that his main character decision is i'm not exaggerating for a joke his main character decision is anytime conflict happens he's like all right well, i'm gonna go to church yeah i'll go to church and pray about it and meanwhile, and he's then, just leaving then, his wife home alone to, like, figure out how to actually run their business. <laughs> like, to, to execute. It's like, yeah. And he doesn't come back with any advice or anything. He just goes to church. No, because he's you know? constantly like, I get my best thinking done there. And then he comes back and Donna's like, hey, I figured it out. And he's like, oh, you're amazing. I, I knew praying would fix it. I <laughs> <laughs> i think he just goes to play Sick. poker or something yeah he's in a basement yeah, dude, somewhere. i got bad news i'm looking at the we use uh next which is a great way to like keep track of 
old school release dates and like cable records. It's not on 2016. No, damn. Damn. Um, We might watch it on okay. our own, though. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's my only connection. You didn't really have any connections, right? No, this was a tricky one. I got a little wrapped up yeah. in it, and it frankly was pretty self-contained, I think. But I, I will agree yeah. with you. There is something suspicious about her dad. And it's not. it wouldn't harm anything for... Uh, yeah, just for the alienness of it all. Um, That's why I'm saying we got to watch the second because like as soon as I saw that, because we knew there was a part two, obviously. But as soon as I saw that, because it ends with to be continued. Yeah, like this is only the first part. It was, yeah, it was built as a two episode. I think we got to watch it. Yeah, because it's kind of like I mean, it's I mean, it's part of the canon because if it's in the first countdown to Christmas, it's it's. That it's, it's not part the, of it. the movie isn't isn't over. No, this is only the first like I'm happy to leave this at like a delicate connection, like a light one, because yeah. it is only part one. There's more. Maybe once maybe when we because we've only got like, what, three more movies this year. So maybe before we start 2017, we do the bridge part two. OK, or may, maybe what right after Nadia's? Christmas land before the um before the wrap up. Let's do let's do. um naughtiest and jolliest yeah yeah this is gonna be an interesting one i think naughtiest obviously it's it's molly's dad it can't yeah. be i don't think it can be any jolliest is where we're gonna have a, a fight there's a kind of there's a couple of good options i will say i'm gonna go jolliest is the uh man who just started his catering company oh i do love that him. frequents yeah. the bridge yeah he's great he, he's like he's like i just started my catering company any way i can help and she's like you got it we're gonna have thanksgiving here mm -hmm. you're catering and then every time every time because the owners of the bridge are constantly inviting people to this thanksgiving yep. party and and every time he's there and uh the owner of the bridge is like hey Add four more plates to that Thanksgiving party. And he's always like, you betcha. He owes them a I'm life debt or something. Like, yeah. there's something going on here. Uh, so that's my jolliest. That's a great jolliest. Um, I'm actually going to go a minor character. A much more, not, well, probably roughly minor to yours, actually. Ronnie, okay. who is Molly's friend from Seattle. Ah, Ronnie, who has the, who has the killer life advice. Yeah, she's just a good friend. She's picking her friend yeah, up good to friend. drive her to the airport. Uh, they've been friends for forever. She's just a, I think she's just a great influence in Molly's life. Two jolly characters. Two jolly, and I, I think most of the characters in this movie could be jolliest in their own way. Yeah, in their yeah, you can make a you can make the case for any of them. Yeah. So, what is the next movie that we're watching? Next up, we are in we are in the. Final of countdowns here. We have got the not as well named, but nevertheless intriguing on the twelfth day of Christmas. Ooh, I'm a little I'm gonna look up the... surprised it took us this long. You want that? You want that plot description? Maggie is thrilled when her longtime crush Mitch moves back to town. When she learns that Mitch's love for Christmas has drastically changed, she tries to bring back his holiday spirit by showing him the magic of Christmas. So I feel like it's like this man went off somewhere to like some camp and it was like, we're going to we're going to beat the Christmas out of you. <laughs> you like Christmas? Oh, much like he fashioned their Christmas together as the 12 days of Christmas, she wants to give him 12 secret gifts, each celebrating something Ooh. about Christmas and winter. Well. Oh my God, he's a DJ. 
the 12 secret gifts that you can give us are uh uh point point eight 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 stars no wait hold on point four <laughs> stars on imdb because that times 12 is five or not IMDb. Oh my god. Oh. I'm gonna restart. The twelve no, I'm gifts that you that can in. no, that's not coming the 12, out. Hold on. The twelve gifts that you can give us is shoot. How, how it's always an exciting end to a podcast when one of the hosts Something has to do 12. math. Oh yeah, so if I do this. The yes, I was right. The <laughs> 0.416 repeating. <laughs> Was the most authentic. Oh, I was right. You can hold on. I got this. I got it. Sorry. The the uh, four. Okay, hold on. The 12 gifts that you can (laughs) give us are point four stars a piece on IMDb, because if you give us that many, then that equals five stars. Not IMDb, Apple Pot shit. <laughs> you can you can follow us at on Twitter at HCU Secret on Twitter.com. Wait, sorry, I want to also... go back to something you brought up here, which is a hypothetical ranking system for podcasts where you could rank the hosts separately. <laughs> That's a scary power. Yeah. Can you imagine like, going on iTunes and it was like your favorite show, and then it was like Roman Mars, three out of ten brutal and you're like whoa whoa alex goldman um <laughs> four out of ten actually ten out of ten i love that man um okay you can follow us on twitter i'm not messing this part up i've done this every time this so serious you can follow us you can follow us on twitter at hcu secret on twitter.com you can also send us an email the story so far at mistletoesecret at gmail.com. <laughs> you can also go on our website, mistletoesecret.com, to figure out the story so far and tell us your theories by filling out the form at the bottom of the page. Our intro music was written by Colin Robertson. Colin Robertson. My name is Trey Putnicky. My name is Daniel Kunkel. And I'm reminding <laughs> you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Thank you for listening. Stay jollying and stay jingling. <laughs> Stay jingling and stay jollying.